Quiet on set. Rolling. Action. Action. Okay, everyone. Hello. Long time no see. I hope you all are so excited for today's episode. Uh, we are finally finishing up the Twilight segment. Um, today's episode is all going to be about the world of Twilight. Every single character I have put onto this document um, to sort of analyze who they are, why were they even put there, um, sort of examine the effect that they had on each other. I think my biggest gripe with the books is that it took until Breaking Dawn to meet all of these characters, and I find that a lot of them are significantly more interesting than Bella, Edward, and Jacob. Um, so I'm, I'm curious if you guys think the same way. I'll try to make this quick, uh, as there are so many characters to think about and take into account. Um, so let me know what you guys think, and might as well get started. So... You can't have any World of Twilight episode without first talking about our main protagonist, Bella. Um, so, Bella was born by ma- mother, Renee Dwyer, and father, Charlie Swan. She was born September 13th, 1987, and lived in Arizona with her mother and visited her dad in Forks about once a month um, in the summer until she was a teenager when Charlie would come visit her in California instead. Um, when she would come visit Forks, she became friends with Jacob Black and his sisters. And uh, as we all know, kind of the first book, she moved back to Forks in the middle of the junior year of high school when the events of Twilight happened. Um, in Twilight, she becomes friends with the following group of human beings. Uh, Mike Newton, who has a crush on Bella and is a co-worker of hers at his parents' outdoor recreation store. Um, she be also be friends Jessica Stanley, who has a crush on Mike. And I believe they become sort of an on and off again couple. And because Mike has a crush on Bella, she's very jealous of Bella. Um, next was Angela Weber. She's a genuine friend of Bella and was also the girlfriend of Eric slash Ben. I say Eric slash Ben because he was Eric in the books and Ben in the movies. The choice of doing that, I still do not know why. Um, and he in particular has a crush on Bella as well. But after being friends with Bella, he sort of accepts it instead of Mike um, and decides to date Angela instead. She somewhat becomes friends with Tyler Crowley. Um, He is the one who accidentally almost hits her with his van in the first book. Um, And because of that, he tries to take her to junior prom, um, despite her saying no. Um, And we don't really see much of Tyler after that. She doesn't really become friends with him. Uh, And then there's Lauren Mallory, who has a really big crush on Tyler and completely dislikes Bella. She doesn't like anything about her. Um, It's sort of rallies Jessica in on the Bella hate train as well throughout the books. Um, and like I said, as Bella moves back to Forks, she becomes friends with Jacob. So now on to Jacob. So who is Jacob? So Jacob's mother is Sarah Black, who has unfortunately passed away by the events of the first book. His father is Billy Black, who happens to be Charlie Swan's best friend, aka Bella's dad's best friend. Um, he was born January 14th, 1990. He has two older sisters, Rachel Black, who gets imprinted on by Paula Hote. Um, in case you remember, imprinting is pretty much like a soulmate match in the universe sort of thing for werewolves. Um, and then there's Rebecca Black, 
who gets married to a Samoan surfer and decides to move to Hawaii with him. He is the great-grandson of Ephraim Black, who is the former chief and alpha of the former tribe that the Cullens met originally. Um, and Jacob, as we know, also becomes a werewolf and becomes a member of the Kilouette tribe. So now that we're on the Kilouettes, let's talk about their pack structure, who's in the pack, and how they relate to each other. Um, so because, just as a side note, because this is a tribe, they're all related to each other in one way or another, whether it be through distant cousins or from direct family trees. Um, so first up, we have Sam Yuli, who is the alpha of the pack. He is the great-grandson of Levi Yuli, which was a former member of the tribe with Ephraim Black. He's currently engaged to Emily Young, um, who is his imprint, and he is the ex-boyfriend of Leah Clearwater. Obviously, we have Jacob. He was, uh, I believe, beta, beta in Sam's pack, but uh, as we see in Breaking Dawn, he forms his own pack and therefore becomes alpha of his own pack. Uh, next up, we have Paul. He is third in command of the tribe. Like I said earlier, he imprints it on Rachel Black. He is known to have angry outbursts. Next, we have Embry Call. He was originally one of Jacob's friends before joining the tribe, um, but became a part of it nonetheless. Um, his parentage in particular is sort of under investigation throughout the book. I didn't really say exactly who might be his father um, because the gene gets passed on on the father's side, not the mother. Um, so his father could potentially be Sam's, Jacob's, or Quill's father aka he could be sam jacob or quill's stepbrother um because his mother i guess didn't know who the father was or claimed it was a father that was not related to the pack which wouldn't make any sense as to why he would become a werewolf um so quite the scandal uh is touched upon only like one time in the book and we do not really hear about it much after that Next up, we have Quilatera V. Uh, he's also one of Jacob's best friends before joining the pack. He is the great-grandson of Quilatera III, who was part of the original pack. They, I guess, just passed on the name. Um, he imprints on Claire Young. Uh, Claire Young is Emily Young's niece, um, who, like I said, is engaged to Sam, the alpha. Uh, Claire is only, like, two or three years old in the book, I'm just going to say that because that's horrifying. That is soulmate's a two or three year old girl. Um, but again, it's mentioned one time and brushed off. <laughs> so next we have up Jared Cameron. He becomes the new beta of the pack and he imprints on a girl named Kin Kim Conweller, um, who is a, just a classmate of his and she actually had a crush on Jared for the longest time. So she's I guess happily ever after for her. Um, next up, we have two of the youngest people in the pack. They transform when they were both only 13 years old, um, due largely in part to the influx of vampires coming in in Eclipse and Breaking Dawn. Um, so we first up, we have Brady Fuller. He's a distant relative of the Atera and Clearwater family lines. Um, they didn't really mention exactly how. And we have Colin Littlesey, who is a direct cousin of Jacob Black. Um, that's kind of how he's related. So, like I said, there is the Clearwater family, which sort of rounds out the rest of the pack. Um, so, we have the father, Harry Clearwater. He unfortunately passed away from a heart attack in New Moon. And then we have Sue Clearwater, who actually goes on to date Charlie Swan in Breaking Dawn. Um, I guess, inadvertently becoming Bella's stepmother. 
if they actually end up getting married. They, there's not, like, a marriage in the book, so we don't know. Um, but Harry and Sue have two children, one of which is Leah Clearwater. Um, she is the older sister of Seth Clearwater, Sam's Yuli's ex-girlfriend, and she is known to be the only female, like, werewolf in the entire tribal history. It's only ever been known to go through the men, uh, not the women. So she has a lot of feelings about it and therefore sort of described as just awful. She apparently has an awful attitude. She makes everybody miserable, um, which is horrible. I wish Stephanie wrote her to be better or at least to be perceived better because the, the pack does not give her any good qualities at all. Um, and when Jacob forms his own pack, she becomes the second in command of that pack. Um, and like I said, she's the older sister of Seth. Um, Seth is second cousin to Emily Young. So that's like, so that's why it's such a big deal that Sam left Leah for Emily because Emily is actually Leah's cousin. Um, and also Seth is one of the youngest members. He also splits off to go join Jacob's new pack in Breaking Dawn as well. Um, so now... That's pretty much the entire pack. Um, and like I said, there was an original pack that met the Cullens when the Cullens arrived at Forks first. This is not the first time the Cullens have lived in Forks. The first time, I'm going to assume, was around the 50s or 60s or even the late 40s. Um, and I'll tell you why in just a little bit. So, on to the Cullens. We'll start off with Edward Cullen, obviously, because he's one of the main guys. Uh, so he was born June 20th, 1901. His father was Edward Mason Sr. and mother Elizabeth Mason. His adopted father is Carlisle. Uh, a little bit about Carlisle. He was born in the year 1640 in London. He was the son of an Anglican pastor. Um, and the, his father would be basically hunting all sorts of monsters. Um, cause I guess back then, they were more common to be hunted. Um, but he, Carlisle unfortunately got changed while he was hunting vampires. And he was so against that, he decided to hunt animals as a way to make himself feel better about the situation, hence becoming like a vegetarian as we know him today. Um, as well as wanting to feel better about his situation, he studied to become a doctor to help save lives. Um, and this is around the time when he meets Alistair. So Alistair is a European nomad, um, and he's credited as being a really great tracker. He can track his prey at large distances, um, and they sort of have this very brief meeting. We see Alistair again in Breaking Dawn when he's asked to be a witness um, for the Volturi, or against the Volturi. So after meeting Alistair, Carlisle goes and joins the Volturi. Uh, so I'll give a quick rundown of the main group of the Volturi, just so you have a greater uh, idea. So first we have Arrow. He's one of the main leaders. Um, you could even consider him the main leader, because <laughs> um, he talks and does the most. Um, so he has the gift of being able to read every thought that someone's ever had in their entire life just by touching them, like on like their hand or their body. Um, he's married to a woman named Sulpicia and is the older brother of Dime. I'm so sorry if I'm saying those names incorrectly. Next up, we have Marcus. He's kind of like Arrow's direct partner um, to lead the Volturi. Um, he has the gift of identifying relationships or emotional ties that people have between each other. Um, he's married to Dime, um, but scandalous, Marcus and Dime actually wanted to leave the Volturi to be on their own, but Arrow decides that he was going to murder his sister, Dime, instead, um, as a way to keep Marcus 
still working for him. Um, and then the third leader of the Votorius, Caius, he was one of the final ones to join, and he married Athenodora. He has no gift, but he's just sort of like has a leader attitude and personality. So there's the main group, and Carlyle joined them. So Carlyle left. He wasn't interested. He wanted to still be a vegetarian. Um, so a little bit more history about Carlyle. In 1911, he was assigned to treat a woman by the name of Esme Ann Platt. Um, she was just minorly injured, and this would not be the last encounter. As we know, Esme is an important character. In 1918, he was working during the Spanish influenza epidemic in Chicago when he met Edward. He changed him, and they became sort of this duo traveling um, as nomads together. In 1921 is when Carlisle and Edward see Esme again. This time he stumbled upon her after an attempted suicide, um, which could have succeeded, hence why he decided to change her into a vampire. Um, they both ended up sharing that they had feelings for each other, and Carlisle and Esme are now husband and wife. Um, Esme doesn't necessarily have a gift, but she is known to have this sort of ginormous capacity to love, hence why she is the matriarch of the family. Um, while traveling as nomads, uh, before meeting Esme specifically, uh, Edward and Carlisle meet the Irish coven. Uh, we see this in Midnight Sun. It is like a brief encounter. Um, uh, but apparently this is why Edward leaves Carlisle initially to go live and hunt humans because he thinks that the Irish coven are so strong and so beautiful because they're hunting humans instead of hunting animals. And as Edward realizes, this is not really the case. He decides to stay with Carlisle in the end. But the Irish Coven in general uh, is led by Siobhan. She's the leader of the Coven with her mate Liam. And she has this supposed gift that's never really confirmed that she's able to sort of, I guess, manifest a specific outcome for events that are happening. Um, like this outcome that she wants. And she can just sort of be like, I really want this to happen and it'll happen. It's supposed it's never really confirmed. Uh, like I said, her mate is Liam he doesn't have any particular gift. He's just sort of there. Um, and then there's Maggie. I believe she was changed by Siobhan and sort of brought into the family. Um, and she's the youngest member. Because of that, she has the gift of being known, being able to know if she's being lied to. That's, that's pretty much her entire thing. Um, so now we go on to the rest of the Cullen clan. Um, after, Edward, I think this is after Edward comes back to join um, Carlisle and Esme again. That is when they meet Rosalie. So Carlisle stumbled upon Rosalie in a dark alley after she was sexually assaulted and was killed by her fiance and his friends. Um, she was turned to save her life, but Carlisle is also said or like thought, and Edward found this out, that maybe Rosalie could be Edward's like lover in the future and that's also kind of a uh, motive for him to change her into a vampire um but obviously they did not like each other like that Edward was not interested um so that would not be the case uh Rosalie actually ended up finding Emmett McCarty uh that was his last name um but while she was hunting he was in the process of being mauled to death by a bear um and she felt like she couldn't change him on her own so she carried him all the way back to Carlisle who ended up changing him um and Emmett and Rosalie became a couple soon after that so now we have Alice and Jasper and I separate them from the rest of the Cullens just because they were changed on their own and joined the Cullens because of Alice's vision 
So Alice was born Mary Alice Brandon and was institutionalized at a young age by her family. She ended up being changed into a vampire after being tracked by the nomad, nomad James, who we'll discuss later. We don't really know who changed her. It was just sort of this unknown vampire who did. Um, once she became a vampire, she, her, whatever she was institutionalized with at the beginning, transformed itself into being able to see the future. And that became her ability. So then Jasper was born Jasper Whitlock and became a major in the Confederate Army before he stumbled upon a vampire named Maria who ended up turning him and had her join uh, this newborn army that she was creating, a newborn vampire army at that. He became friends with uh, a guy named Peter. Um, Peter was used by Maria for his skills, but he soon fell in love with Charlotte, um, which was a newborn vampire Jasper and Peter were assigned to kill because she wasn't that useful. Peter and Charlotte ended up running away together. Um, and we actually see Peter and Charlotte again because he stayed good friends with Jasper after all of this and is also called upon to testify in front of the Volturi and Breaking Dawn. Um, so after this, um, well, we also know that Jasper has this gift of being able to feel the emotions of those around him and subsequently sort of grew tired of constantly having to kill newborn vampires because he could feel the emotions that they felt before they died. Um, so he decided to become a nomad and leave Maria. Um, and that was in the 1940s. And that's also when um, Alice found him because Alice actually had a vision of meeting him and so she met him where he was going because he didn't really know where he was going and they decided to become a couple and she eventually had a vision where they would meet the Cullens so they ended up traveling to go meet the Cullens so now we have the entire Cullen clan that is all of them so now how did the Cullens meet the Kilowatts like I mentioned before so the Cullens moved to Forks um, it's mentioned that you know Forks is really like covered in rain clouds and dark and there's a lot of forest and a lot of wildlife. So it's kind of like the perfect place for them to live. So they moved to there as a way to sort of develop this permanent settlement. But obviously they met the Kilowatt tribe who was led by Ephraim Black. Um, there was only three members of the tribe at that time. It was very small. Um, so the Cullens, like I said, only drank animal blood um, per Car Carlisle's request. And so the tribe decided to make a treaty with them that first established a boundary line. So we know kind of where the Cullen's land is and where the Killette's land is and they can't sort of cross over each other's land. Um, they also established the following requirements. So the Cullen's could not bite, specifically bite a human, whether to kill or to change them when living there. Um, and they cannot, um, the Killette's in return cannot reveal what they were to the humans and how to sort of leave the Cullen's alone, like not stalk them, like give them their own space pretty much. Um, so, all of those events that I just mentioned and all those people already exist and have happened before Twilight Book One. So let's go into Twilight Book One um, and sort of put it all together. Um, so as we know, Bella met Edward at Forks High School a couple of years after the Cullens moved back to their initial settlement. Um, as we know, towards the end of the book, the Cullens run into nomads Victoria, James, and Laurent. James is the tracker who tried to kill Alice originally, but now he sets his sights on Bella. Victoria and James are mates, and because of that, Victoria is sort of like deeply offended that James is killed and decides to also attack Bella. Then there's Laurent, who's kind of sort of separate from Victoria and James, and he initially turns his back on James altogether when he decides to kill Bella. And he decides to go live with the Denali coven, who I'll talk about in just a sec. Um, but as we know, in New Moon, he comes back to Forks per Victoria's request to track down Bella and sort of keep an eye on her. But Laurent decides he would instead kill Bella 
to sort of also satiate his own hunger, but also prevent Babella from being killed brutally. Um, but Laurent is killed by the Kilouettes for being on their, um, in on the land. So the Denali Coven, like I said, this is another permanent settlement. They're a group of vampires that are also vegetarians and very loyal to the Colon family, and their permanent settlement is in Denali, Alaska. So not too, too far, um, but they have their own little settlement there that's sort of separate from the Colons. The coven was initially founded by Sasha, who turned Tanya, Kate, and Irina. Sasha became sort of like the mother of the group, while Tanya, Kate, and Irina became like sisters. Sasha created an immortal child who she named Vasily. This is a crime as stated by the Volturi, and Sasha and Vasily were executed because of this, um, which pretty much traumatized Tanya, Kate, and Irina. Um, Tanya took over as leader of the coven uh, after their deaths, and then we see in the first book, um, Laurent became romantically involved with Irina after he moved there to go live with them. Um, I, I guess for some reason it didn't really work out and that's why he came back. It's not really said exactly why he came back to Forks. But after his death, Irina held this huge grudge against the wolves until she too was killed for falsely claiming that the Cullens created an immortal child. As for Tanya, she had a romantic interest in Edward, but he obviously never reciprocated that and she sort of just stayed, like, as a leader. Kate, on the other hand, she was gifted with the ability to shock her opponents with electricity that flowed throughout her entire body. Um, and in Breaking Dawn, we see Kate meeting Garrett, um, who is a European nomadic vampire who was old friends with um, Carlisle. He was turned during the American Revolution and still holds a lot of the patriotic sentiments. So Kate and Garrett actually become a couple at the end of the book. Um, and to sort of round off the rest of the coven, we have two former guards of the Volturi joining the coven, uh, Carmen and Elezar. Elezar has the gift of being able to sense someone's ability, which is a really lame gift, if I do say so myself. Um, but yeah, so that is the Denali coven, and like I said, um, Carmen and Elezar are part of the initial Volturi guard, so let's touch upon who the Volturi guard are and why they're there. So the, this Volturi guard are subordinate to the initial Volturi coven, like I mentioned before, and each one was specifically placed in the guard because they have a skill or ability that is useful for protecting the Volturi and executing any tasks that the Volturi asks of them. So first up, we have Chelsea. Um, Chelsea has the gift to influence emotional ties and is Afton's mate. She's particularly used in battles so that she can separate alliances and distance any innocent members of covens that they attack in the hopes that those innocent members will join the Volturi as a result of this quote-unquote mercy that they're um, putting on them. Then we have Jane. Jane is a twin sister of Alec and has the ability to induce a horrible crippling pain in a person's mind. Like nothing's physically happening to them, but they feel it inside their head. She strikes fear in both the guard and anybody else who wants to break the Volturi's rules, hence why she is so useful. And like I said, she is a twin sister of Alec. Alec is also a high-ranking member as with his sister, and he has the ability to deprive someone of all of their senses with like this black cloud mist um and that pretty much paralyzes the person that he's trying to attack um next we have felix he has very good battle technique and a significant strength which makes him an all-around good fighter but other than that there's no other particular gift that he has we also have dimitri he's an another skilled tracker and actually has a very clean track record of 
tracking. <laughs> it's a very weird sentence. Um, he says he's been able to find people, and he's pretty much considered the best tracker in the world, hence why the Volturi um, has him in his ranks. Next up, there's Heidi. She has the ability to, to attract humans towards her. It is in charge of ensuring that the Volturi have prey easily brought to them. She basically, like, fishes people so that, like, they want to go on a tour of Volterra and delivers them to, Vol to the Volturi members who can then consume their blood. Uh, next, there's Renetta. She has the ability to repel opponents. Um, I guess just either physically push them away or cause them to change course, which is why she's personally assigned to be Arrow's bodyguard. She was created by McKenna, who was a nomadic vampire who's made into Charles, whom she met in Barcelona. They have stayed, both McKenna and Charles have stayed out of the Volturi altogether, so very minor characters mentioned, like, briefly. <laughs> Next, there's Corin. She has the ability to make others feel content about whatever situation that they're in. She's often assigned to keep the wives Sulpicia and Athenadora company and to keep other members loyal to, to the Volturi altogether. Uh, and last but not least, there's Santiago. He, like Felix, is a skilled fighter and has tremendous strength. He is often side by side with Felix whenever there is battle. So that is the guard. Um, there's more people briefly mentioned, but this is who specifically was on an index of characters at the end of the Breaking Dawn book. Um, so speaking of Breaking Dawn, uh, all of the rest of the characters that we meet um, is at the end of Breaking Dawn, uh, which of course is when Irina accuses the Collins of creating an immortal child, aka Renesmee, even though we know Renesmee is not an immortal child, she just happens to be half vampire, half human. Um, so the Collins ask for witnesses to help them convince the Volturi they're innocent. Um, apparently this has only happened a share other number of times. It is confirmed that one of the witnesses that Alice and Jasper meet, I believe in the Amazon, uh, or around that, he was also turned to be a half-human, half-vampire. Um, and apparently all one has to do is a vampire just has to impregnate a human, uh, which is apparently physically possible. I don't know why. Um, and the reasoning was that they would be sort of superhuman, more skilled. They could consume both human blood and human food. Um and it said that he has two other sisters that he's not really in contact with. Um, so that's sort of Renesmee's new species. Um, but other actual vampires that we meet, I'm going to start off with the Egyptian coven. So there's first Amun. He's the leader of the coven. And he's one of two survivors of a previous Volturi attack. Um, he's considered one of the oldest vampires in existence. And he created the rest of his family. Um, and he wanted to stay out of the fight with the Volturi altogether because of the... Um, trauma he suffered from the initial Volturi attack many years earlier. Then there's Kebi, who's a member of the coven and Amun's mate. She is one of the other survivors of the Volturi attack. Um, then there's Benjamin. Amun specifically created him after seeing him perform his talents on the side of the road. He has this ability to influence the elements, uh, fire, water, earth, air. He's pretty much the avatar. Um, and as a result of that gift, Amun hides him from the outside world. Um, and Benjamin sought out Tia. I guess they were friends as humans and he just proceeds to seek her out um, when he's a vampire. Uh, and Tia becomes Benjamin's mate, but specifically loyal to Benjamin alone. Like if Benjamin wants to decide to help out the Collins, she'll stay with um, the Collins as well. 
Next up, we have the Amazon coven. This coven lives remotely from the human population and thus does not keep, like, an accurate facade to fit in with the humans. They're sort of this, like, they're just on their own outside of any human technological innovation. Um, so first there's Kachiri. She's not in the movies, in case you're wondering. She's just in the books. Um, but she's the founder of the coven and she turns Zafrina and Senna. Zafrina has the ability to make someone have, like, vivid visual hallucinations, um, which I think is used on Edward and Bella, but specifically Edward in, um, Breaking Dawn to, like, show off her skills. And then there's Senna. She specifically sticks by Zafrina the most. They're, like, really good, like, sisters, um, but she doesn't have any specific ability. Then there's the Romanians. Um, so the Romanians were the initial, like, founding government rulers of the entire vampire world, but they let their existence sort of be known, while the Volturi was sort of against humans knowing what they were. So, Stefan is one of the founding members, uh, and one of the only two survivors from when the Volturi attacked and overturned um, their rule. The other, um, founding member and survivor is Vladimir. Uh, Vladimir and Stefan are sort of just alone as companions together. Um, they stick as like nomads within themselves. Um, and then the last couple of nomads that we meet as for witnesses in Breaking Dawn are, is Mary. She's a North American nomad who was born in Nova Scotia in 1890 and was turned into a vampire after her 28th birthday. And then there's Randall, who's an American nomad who became a vampire in 1963 at 18 years old and befriends the Cullens after meeting them um, by a chance meeting. So yeah, that's everybody. It is so many people, so many different powers. I think some of them are pathetic. I think some of them are great. Um, and like I said, we don't, really get to know them more than just by this um and there seems to be a whole lot of history uh especially with the Volturi and the Romanians that we're just I guess never gonna hear about uh I think I mentioned this at the beginning that it's supposed that Stephanie Meyer is just going to write a sequel that is based on the relationship of Jacob and Renesmee which nobody wants I wish she would maybe talk more about the Volturi maybe even talk more about um the Denali coven or even the Egyptian coven. Um, just, I feel like these people are so interesting, but we get so little about them. But there is your crash course into the entire Twilight universe. Let me know if I missed anybody. I don't think I did. I have post-it notes up on my wall as we speak um, of every single character. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to my entire Twilight series. I hope you loved it as much as I did. Um, I'm taking a little bit of hiatus from this book series, but let me know what book you want me uh, to do next. I'll be so excited to work more on this. Um, and yeah, thank you all for listening and I'll see you guys next time. Bye.